Welcome to the Legal Pad Podcast presented by Brashears Miller, a show designed to educate small businesses and startups on how legal services and strategy can help optimize their business. Join Brian Brashears and Sean Miller as they discuss the most pressing legal issues in today's business climate. Welcome. Thanks for tuning in into another episode of the Legal Pad Podcast. This is your host, Brian Brashears, licensed Texas attorney and managing member of Brashears Miller out of Austin, Texas. Hey, how's it going? How are you? So today's episode is going to be about, it's going to be really a continuance of the previous episode discussing initial coin offerings a.k.a. ICOs, which may or may not be, depending on who you are, securities which would be subject to regulation by the SEC, a.k.a. the Securities and Exchange Commission. We have a lot of cool acronyms in these sort of episodes concerning securities, the SEC, ICOs, IPOs, etc., etc. Really, the fun never stops. So today's episode, we're really going to kick things off with the SEC and one of their public uh, releases that they had concerning ICOs and a report that was released in July of 2017. And you can look this up. This is public information. I found this shortly after the previous episode, and it's entitled uh, The Report of Investigation Pursuant to Section 21A of the Securities Exchange Act of 1934. So that's pretty cool. And in this this episode, in this uh, release by the SEC, they begin the discussion concerning ICOs and what to expect or what to consider when dealing with ICOs. So I'm just going to read off an excerpt from this release, and it starts off with, the commission is aware that virtual organizations and associated individuals and entities increasingly are using distributed ledger technology to offer and sell instruments such as tokens to raise capital. Okay, starts off pretty simple. We understand that individuals um, and and organizations are for sure going to pursue different business ventures such such as ICOs and digital currencies. So let's continue. These offers and sales have been referred to, among other things, as initial coin offerings or token sales. Yes, in the previous episode, we talked about ICOs and how they were analogous to IPOs, which IPOs were clearly and routinely used with securities and fund issuances and things of that sort and were under the umbrella and jurisdiction of the SEC at the federal level and various state agencies at the state level. Cool. We know this. Moving forward. Accordingly, the commission deems it appropriate and in the public interest to issue this report in order to stress that the U.S. federal securities laws may apply to various activities, including including distributed ledger technology, depending on the particular facts and circumstances without regard to the form of the organization or the technology used to effectuate a particular offer or sale. Okay, cool. So we talked about in the previous episode that ICOs you know, the initial coin offerings or the token sales, whenever you're dealing with a digital asset, they may implicate securities laws. But we also looked at the definition for security under the Securities Act of 1933. And we mentioned, or I at least mentioned, that there was a lot of things under that general umbrella. And even though 
ICOs may not be listed specifically. The nature of an ICO is similar enough to an IPO, and because they're analogous in one scenario and they can apply the same facts and circumstances to the other, you could pretty much stretch the definition for IPO to also apply to an ICO and that there's ultimately not a huge distinction between the two. Now, depending on who you are, an issuer in some cases, or an enforcer in the others, in the case of the SEC, you would say, no, ICOs are completely different. They're not provided in the definition. Or you would say it doesn't matter if they're not specifically provided. The nature of these transactions and these offerings and these sales do concern securities law and regulations just by the general nature and the behavior of the asset. So ultimately, the SEC is pretty much providing in this sweet little paragraph what we've already discussed in the previous episode, that if you are issuing an asset, whether it be tangible, intangible, dealing with digital blockchain technology, which is an exciting and new definition and use of the term security, as opposed to the more classical and well-established use of the term as provided by the Securities Act of 1933. But let's continue on that exploration of how the SEC is going to further interpret these asset classes because just because it is a digital asset or it may have had an ICO may not necessarily mean that every digital asset, cryptocurrency, or any other ICO that may be offered in the future might not necessarily be a security just because the previous issuances of an ICO or a digital asset or any other form of cryptocurrency, it really comes down to the issuance and the purpose and the capitalization process for that specific project because we're beginning to find out that many of these different digital assets have different utility, purpose, and use cases which would help distinguish them from a traditional from a traditional security and which the SEC regulations may not even apply. So we're going to take a quick little pivot or a little detour from what the SEC has done historically in concerning ICOs and how they relate to securities and focus more on what they're doing today to maintain the integrity of the market, which is something they've done for, I think, since their inception. And so let's, let's dive into it. So in February 26, 2020, there was basically breaking news in the securities world where the Securities and Exchange Commission issued a settlement charges against Steven Seagal. Yes, that Steven Seagal. Well-known actor, kung fu master, and I guess now ICO promoter. The SEC took issue with Steven Seagal's involvement with the IPO concerning B2G because Seagal did not disclose that he was promised $250,000 in cash and $750,000 worth of the token itself. Apparently, Seagal's promotions included pitches on his social media accounts, urging consumers not to miss out on the ICO, as well as making a public statement in 2018 announcing that Zen master Steven Seagal has become the brand ambassador of Bitcoin 2Gen which I guess is pretty on-brand for Steven Seagal. However, the SEC had more to say on the issue, stating the investors were entitled to know about the payment Steven Seagal received or was promised in relation to his endorsements made concerning the investment. That way, the investors could decide whether or not Steven Seagal's statements would be biased. The SEC has plays the important role, and they have the responsibility to encourage transparency and communication within the market to help promote 
promote integrity and maintain investor confidence. So had Steven Seagal filed the the appropriate forms and filed the appropriate paperwork to disclose his affiliation to the project, it's likely that his commissions and payments received for promoting the the investment would likely been okay. However, that's not what happened. Following the communications with Steven Seagal and the SEC, Seagal agreed to pay back $157,000, the amount he received for pitching the digital coin, plus more than $16,000 in interest. Seagal will also pay another fine of $157,000 and has agreed to not promote any securities, digital or otherwise, for three years. I guess, at the end of the day, Seagal learned that he was not above the law. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Legal Pad Podcast. Catch you next time. The Legal Pad Podcast is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only, does not offer legal advice, and does not take the place of consultation with an attorney or other professional with appropriate expertise and experience. Quotations from cases, pleadings, discovery, and other sources are for illustrative purposes only and are not suitable for use in any litigation in any particular case. The Legal Pad Podcast and its affiliates disclaim any liability or responsibility for loss or damage resulting from the use of the content of its episodes, the information, ideas, or opinions presented.